Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Craft Brood Sports Cincinnati Style. I am Mike with me as always is Scott. Joe hanging out behind the computer. Joe, how you doing tonight, man? What to do, baby? <laughs> never gets old. Never gets old. I, I never see it coming. <laughs> I know, That's the funny he part. Does it, he does, he it, does every it every week. weekend. I, just, I laugh. Like, I, he got me again. Uh, well, this is Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style. This is a show where we break down all things Cincinnati sports. And I just... Woof. Woof. Just uh, awful. Uh <laughs> It's so bad that I had to bring in reinforcements to cheer me up this week. Uh, so this week, sitting in in the speakeasy, we have comedian Matt Stanton. Uh, Matt, how's it going, man? Things are great. Good. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn this around. <laughs> I needed something. like With how awful this has been, I was like, we got to have something in here to just make it better. I was at an open mic on Monday in Pittsburgh watching the game. I was like, oh, good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible place to be. I, it was rough. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, this is uh, Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style, and it is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets. Uh, look, at look, everybody, football is back, and there's only one spot you should be heading to get your college football or NFL tickets, and that's Minuteman. We love Minuteman. They're Ohio guys. They're sports fans, and they're not going to screw you over like other ticketing places. Not just football either. They got it all. Baseball, hockey, theater, rib cook-offs. It doesn't matter. Hit them up, MinutemanTickets.com, or give them a call, 614-943-3000. That's 614-943-3000, and avoid all of the fees. Tell them you heard about them right here on Craft Root Sports, Cincinnati style. Oh, that was perfect timing. I was going to say, that was did you, did you mean to do that? Dude, oh, it's like we've done this once or La twice. Joya. <laughs> <laughs> Way to call back to a show that nobody's listened to yet. That's no the worry, point, man. to bring it up, to make sure everybody goes and listens to the real Go show. Go check out the other show. It's if called you an guys. Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for understanding, man. This week we are going to be talking about the Bengals' awful performance against Pittsburgh. That's what I get for having faith. How dead wrong all of us were. We were all feeling really great about that. Uh, we're also going to talk Reds' season finally comes to an end, what we can look forward to going into next season for the Reds. And FC Cincinnati, three losing franchises here in, in the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> and that season comes to a, an end as well. <laughs> And then uh, at the end of the show, we're going to look ahead at UCF coming into Cincinnati Friday night, tonight, when this show drops. They're going to be here. After we've been talking about it for two weeks. It's the game to <laughs> promo, man. Like no, when you, That's the one you circle on the schedule. It's like, all right, this is the uh, the American opener, and it's against UCF. That's the you got to be ready for that. If Fickle doesn't have these dudes ready, I don't know what to say. Like they, they got to show out in this game. They have to. Anyways, we'll get into that. Uh, let's talk some Bengals talk. Oh. Joe, oh. hit the music, I guess. <laughs> Grumble. Everybody. You think they go 0 for 16? No. No. Because no. it's, it, that's, it's, that's too hard. It, I talked about this this week. It's a, you're not going to go on 16. It takes a special kind of bad. I don't think they're a special kind of bad, but they're pretty bad. I've seen teams with Don Hollis and Eric Wilhelm. <laughs> they're not going to win 16. Those teams won three games. <laughs> that shows you that I was born in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> I know this quarterback. <laughs> well, that's what's tough is last week we went through the schedule. We were feeling good. It was like, all right, no, they're on the road. They, they're going to play better on the road. It's a night game. We got the curse, but this the perfect time for for them to break free of that and uh, 
get that get over that hump against the Steelers, build the statue for Zach Taylor as soon as they do it, and instead they get stomped. We had went through the schedule and we were like, hey, we got like six wins that we can probably pull out of this one. I know. It really went from the the optimism of the end of that show where it's like you know what? Yeah, they can do this. A six and ten sounds feasible to the end of the game. It's like, what? <laughs> I know they're not going to go in sixteen, but I mean they're going to flirt with it, right? Because they went in six games, it man. Is brutal. Well, the, uh, pro- gosh, the problem man. I saw was the Steelers' defense is great at sacks, but they're terrible because I've been forced because uh, 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 my lady. Is from Pittsburgh, so I have to watch a lot of Pittsburgh games. Well, just because, like, I'll be my lady. Let's <laughs> let you all know, people like me. Uh, <laughs> they're bad at like third wide receivers and covering tight ends, running backs. Yeah, they. That's what, yeah, not yeah. what they have. Right. Like, they, the I was gonna say they had struggled defending the pass through the first few games, where it was just like blown coverage. Like even and, the Niners game. Yeah, that's how the Niners kept coming back because right. those people and. That's not what the Bengals have. It's also the, the offensive line. Like, this put it on full display. Everybody knew the, the Bengals' offensive line was garbage. But then to see eight sacks against uh, – Dalton takes eight sacks. I don't even know how many times he was hurried. The The worst was, like, I think it was the seventh sack where it was third and 20 – and Dalton gets sacked, and then there's like another five-yard penalty. It ends up being fourth and 34. After that sack on third down, Dalton walked to the sidelines and just threw his helmet, and the face was just like, F it, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm done with this. Well, Don't even put me back in. What? Because after seven sacks, I mean, jeez, that's <laughs> that's like three works, three weeks worth of work for most right. quarterbacks. I mean, seven in a game. That's the part I don't and, get. And the Steelers were only rushing four, too. That's what killed me. <laughs> it wasn't like they were sending the house or anything. The, what kills me about that is the Bengals fans who complain about Dalton, and it's clearly the offensive line. Like, the same guy said, you need to get rid of Dalton and things will be better. Right. The same guys on the west side who say drought beer. Like, <laughs> drought. <laughs> drought. I'm related to people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, the quarterback. Like, it doesn't matter. If you're on the ground, who doesn't matter. You're not going to do They're it. Not, they, they really could have had Joe Montana back there and it wouldn't have mattered because, you know, if nobody in front of them is yeah. able to hold anybody up, it's – you know, it's a free for all. They made it through the first couple of weeks of the season with that three step drop. Like Dalton made his money and looked like a legit threat on. Getting I'm gonna hit quick. this slant in right. three steps and that's it. And then it, the Steelers were in his face. He couldn't even get a three step drop off. Like that, that line was awful, man. Yeah. And then on top of that, there was no running game again. And maybe that goes back to the fact that the line is so terrible. Yeah, but. I think that. Well, I think that's the thing. You you can never get the running game going because the offensive line is awful, and then you start falling behind, and it's like, well, now we've got to abandon. Throw. I was gonna say we've got right. to abandon the run. So it's there's never a rhythm established, and so it's just this domino effect of things that just keep happening to where it's well, like, you, well, then you're never gonna see the running game if they're always playing from behind. Well, right. you can't have a good running game if the fans don't cheer. Everyone knows that. <laughs> that's really. <laughs> What is needed? If you clapped harder, I would have 4.9 yards per carry. But no, you don't. So, sorry. That's straight from Joe Mixon's mouth right there. If he thought, if Joe Mixon thought the boos were bad in that 49ers game, just wait. You go down at halftime to the Cardinals coming up, don't come out of the tunnel. Like, don't come out after halftime because it is going to be awful. You're going to hear some terrible, terrible things said your way. Uh, Joe pulling up the, the stats for us here. Mixon was the leading rusher with 62 yards. Is that that says 15 carries for 62 yards. So a lot of that came though, and again, it was similar to that that Bills game where it's like, oh well, things are starting to churn here when it's kind of you know, and in the Bills game at least they they had the chance to kind of make things interesting because the well, Bills and- never ran away. But by the time he had any of those runs for all like all of those yards, it was in the fourth quarter when things had gotten away from. Him, and what so. sucked is like. Watching the game, that first half of this game felt very similar to the first half of that Bills game where nothing was happening. But you get in at halftime, it's like, they're only down 10-3. Like, this is, this is very well, easy and, to come back and from. And not only that, the f- if, you, if you just watched the first quarter, the Bengals' defense played pretty well, and it was 3 to nothing at the yeah. end of the first quarter. And you're like, all right, well, it's going to be a low-scoring game because neither of them, you know, there was a couple of turnovers by both teams. It was real sloppy, and you're like, but you're like, all right, they're hanging with them. And that was it. They had kicked that field goal, and they never scored again. And you, know, you just it, 
after the first quarter, everything was all downhill. It was awful. You know what else is frustrating when you're watching it? So I don't, you know, I don't know how many big play, you know, I, you can't see when you're watching <laughs> Wait, on TV. Sorry, Dalton was the second leading rusher on the team with eight yards. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good day. <laughs> never a good day when your quarterback leads. There's a second leading rusher with only eight. But, uh, you know, again, you can't see it on TV, but I'm sitting there watching, you know, the, watching how things played out. And it's like, well, Mason Rudolph isn't doing anything spectacular. He would stand back there with all the time in the world and dump it off. And the running backs would make one guy miss and turn it into a 15-yard gain. All that yak, baby. And it was just like (laughs) they they were getting, you know, pecked to death by ducks. It wasn't anything, like, huge. There was the one blown coverage where, you know, he threw it downfield. And it's like – but it was one of those where you're like, oh, clearly somebody missed an assignment because nobody is ever that wide open in the NFL unless somebody blows an assignment. And, you know, where Johnson caught the touchdown. Other yeah. than that, though, I mean, the Steelers were running the Wildcat. And to me, when they're when, when somebody's running the Wildcat in 2019, you're like, well, this team doesn't really have much of an offense because yeah. they're using gimmick stuff. And the Steelers. And it was, yeah, right. To do that. Right. And it was working. So you're just like, uh, okay, you know, this – you know, this just is what it is when when they're running that type of stuff on you, and it you know it's effective. God, that's the worst part is it was working. I'm yeah, like, this is uh, this college offense is working against the Bengals, and the defense is supposed to be the good point of this team. Right, like the defense is supposed to be all right. Well, we can hang, but I guess when you're on the field the entire game, you get a little worn out. Uh, well, and that's I mean that's kind of was where it's just like you just <laughs> you're getting gas because you're on the field with another first down off a 15 yard gain, another first down off a 10 yard gain. It's just like, all right, we're gonna no no, uh, we got to back it up, and it just constant nonstop that wears your defense out, and you 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 know through four games, there's been a lot of that. What's amazing to me too is the Pittsburgh rushing attack for as as well as it seemed to do. They only racked up 66 yards mm. of rushing. So that's uh, – I mean, that goes to what the league is now where it's a pass-first league anyways. But, right. Uh, so if you are if you would have told me they're going to hold him to 66 yards rushing, I'd be like, great. You'd be in a good spot in this game. Mm-hmm. That's the part that's been surprised me, like how the Steelers don't have a run game. Like that was – I was like, yeah. this, I actually thought they were going to get healthy in that fashion. Like, oh, James Conner's kind of 190 That's exactly yards. what I said. Yep. Like, yeah. Like 17-13, but they wear him down. Like that's what I was thinking was going to happen. And Yeah. No, instead, Mason Rudolph looks like the next coming of Jesus and just goes crazy. 24 of 28 is what he was in that game. Mason but again, Rudolph. man, it's easy when you're doing a bunch of check and that's like, fine. Would, but if right. it's working, then yeah, exactly. you know, Mark Brunel. Yeah, that's what he is. <laughs> Mark Brunel's way to the record book. <laughs> Seventeen straight completions for thirty-one yards. <laughs> yeah, if you would, yeah, Mason Rudolph goes twenty-four for twenty-eight and, and only gets two hundred twenty-nine yards. <laughs> so that is kind of a, a telling stat right there. But he's uh, he averaged eight yards a throw, uh, and again, a lot of that on on that. But man, I just uh, I don't know. Like my faith is completely gone in this team after that, which is sad because this was the game that we pointed to as like the turning point. Because if they could win this one, it's like everybody's on board. Like okay, they beat the Steelers in on the prime road. time on the road. You're right? The, they could have righted a lot of it. demons, but no. And I think you had mentioned it before in in previous episodes. We're just going to be stuck with this random. Up and down. They look decent one week. Right. They look terrible the next week. And, I mean, uh, it's literally it, – th- this game was another thing where you're like, they had a great quarter in the first, and then they had three quarters of bad football. And so you're just basically, looking at it like, well, they had a good series. They had a good set of plays. Uh, you know. I can't even think of a series that looked good, though, in that game. That's the worst part. It's, there is yeah, nothing say, that I can hang my hat on Yeah, offensively, they just struggled all the way through. What if they beat the uh, Cardinals? Like, would that change your opinion? Or it's no. like, oh, it's one more week. I don't the- think so. I don't think, and the reason why I don't think so is because the Cardinals are also a terrible team too. So it's well, like, they're, well, they're <laughs> bad. They're bad, and the the Bengals are at home. So yeah, I don't think it would change perception. It would just be more okay. We like got you, just, right, like we you get the got win, one, so right. you can just put but that yeah, up. And I know we're not going to go on sixteen. I know the Steelers aren't great this year either, and they're going to end up being third place in the in the division, but. It's still the Steelers, so like, yeah. If you win that one, you feel high. If you beat the Cardinals, it's like, yeah, but 
They got Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. He's supposed to be playing with the A's right now in the playoffs. He's not even supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what the hell? This is not stupid. even supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, you know, but here's the thing. This is the game that they could win. Now, we said that last week. Right. Which is what's I, I terrifying. still maintain where it's like, this is a game they could win, but it is more of last week. You know, this is a game they could win. And instead it's, this is a game they could win. I'll even go one step further. This is a game they should win. They yeah, should I really yeah, do yeah. think they should at home against a rookie QB, a rookie head coach, and, and they you know the the Cardinals personnel otherwise isn't all that spectacular. So yeah, they match up. It's a three point spread. I mean, you know, the, the Bengals typical, are favored. Is this the first time they're favored this season? Probably is. I'd have to. Look I think so. Because, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they were favored. I think. In any I think they've been the dogs in every single game they've played this year. Yeah. All four of them. But you know, yeah. I, a quarter of the season they've been underdogs, right? Uh, but yeah, this is they are favorites in this game. Uh, ESPN, uh, their football power index is predicting that the Bengals should win this game. They're fifty six point two percent likelihood of winning. Wow, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of confidence <laughs> right. for a home team. <laughs> well, I would just say it's a lot of confidence for a team that's looked at this bad. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like and. In two games, they just got utterly embarrassed. Well, and here's what's terrifying, too, about this. Uh, I'm pretty sure John Ross, uh, I think it was announced today, John Ross is out. Yeah, so he's out. AJ Green's out. IR comeback, it wasn't like season-ending IR. No, it's not season-ending. You can come back maybe 10 or yeah, I was gonna say it's like 12. I was just gonna say I think it's a six or eight week thing. Like he can, he, if they designated him to be able to return, dude, just sit out. <laughs> well, I think AJ yeah. is going to start doing that too. Did you see AJ on the sideline where AJ was? Just, he became a meme, like how disappointed he was in this offense. And the whole time I saw it, I was like, AJ's not coming back this year. Oh he's no, gonna, he's he, going to nurse. He looked this injury. like the real life SpongeBob. All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's just like, I am in no rush to come back from this injury. Like, uh, no thanks. Not that it really matters. Dalton can't get the ball to him anyway. So it's like, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, AJ Green is your deep threat. You don't have time to throw deep anyway. So, so what's the point? Yeah. So well, I mean, I do think though, you know, talent is what they're just completely lacking. So I mean, it's just like it sure, would, it would help. Help. It would definitely help. Like you, you don't want to say, well, you know, there's no point to having him. But yeah, he he's not going to be the magical elixir. Like they're not going to look like a completely different team with him on the field. Do the Bengals trade AJ Green? That's why. That, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've seen those rumors this week. You know, because they're saying he's still got another three or four weeks before he's healthy. But that'd be right at the trading deadline. So I would say. Yes, the Bengals should trade AJ Green, but no, but they, won't. they won't do it because Mike Brown is a terrible <laughs> oh, owner yeah, and doesn't care. <laughs> like, right. He's going to run this franchise into the ground further than he already has. But uh, the smart thing would be to trade AJ like that. At this they point, at this point, fire sale. I'd open up the do- who you want. What do you, <laughs> like, what do you think? Green Bay, Seattle. Everybody wants him to go to Green Bay. I think. I think Green Bay wants is, him to go. Well, to Green which is Bay. a really weird thing because they. They don't have a problem with their wideouts yeah, in Green I, Bay. Like, I feel like Seattle's more. It, it, I, uh, I, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. Where if, if you're the Bengals, you don't care well, who that's he goes what, to as he, long as whatever. Yeah, you're just like get a picks. decent return. I was gonna say yeah. you're looking, but it, for Green Bay, it doesn't seem to make sense because they their struggles are their defense. Those were the people that were like when the the video of AJ Green looking so distraught on the sidelines and just eyed him out of here. All of the Green Bay fans were chiming in that were like. Can't wait till Aaron Rodgers is throwing him the ball. That's it. Oh, he's just looking forward to his time in Green Bay. Like, Green Bay fans want him. Hmm. So, maybe there's an appetite there. That I mean, there's there should be no I don't no follow lack. Green Bay, so I don't know what they're doing yeah, this I year. Mean, there I mean, no no, there should be no lack of fan bases that would want him, though. I mean, it's well, that's a thing. Like you, what, you'd be crazy to turn down AJ. It's right. just a matter of what you're willing to give up for him. Right. Because, uh, you know, him coming off the injury and, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's not like... He's still got a few more decent years left in him, but you know you're not going to give up a super haul for AJ right. Green. But can you imagine AJ Green is your number two? God, that I would love happen. to have that. Problem. I still think he's no, but like than, if no he, matter where. He, well, but that, well, but like me, if he comes to, ahead of him. <laughs> but if he goes to a team where like he isn't the number one receiver on the team, like let's say he goes to Green Bay where they don't have a problem, it's like ah, oh, AJ Green's your number two. You assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who's going to swoop in though. Don't count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Oh God! Yeah, well you can. Well, never, but they won't give up anything can. for. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They could. 
Well, Mike Brown might be that terrible, though. That's true. Mike Brown would be stupid to get swindled. Mike Brown would be like, you want a sixth round for AJ? Yeah, that's cool. That sounds good. Or or Bill would do what he did with Antonio and be like, hey, uh, just call him a cracker. (laughs) 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 Call Mike Brown a cracker. I'll have you here in a week. We'll just sign you on free agency. It's cool. Don't worry about it. It worked for Antonio. (laughs) Let's let's make our official predictions in this Bengals-Cardinals game. Uh, Do you think the Bengals get the W? God, I, you know, last week – I was so I thought that they would beat the Steelers by six. I had a, a six point advantage in that one, and I just I don't see it this week. I actually think that Arizona does well as bad as their personnel is. What they do well at is what the uh, the the Bengals cannot do: defend well, which is on the outside. They've got speed on the outside, mm. and that's that's a problem. And then like looking at it when you're just like, oh well, even if they just dump the ball down. They got David Johnson that does that very well. In fact, I'd argue that David Johnson's a better running back than yeah. anybody on the Pittsburgh, you know, running back core at this point, better than Connor. So, you know, if Tyler Murray can just sit back there and do that, and there's the threat of Kyler Murray running, which you don't have to worry about with Rudolph. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a 24-17 Cardinals victory. Matt? What do you think about this one? Well, uh, I heard some guy in Craft Root Sports pick uh, Cardinals plus three, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, I'm going because I believe Kingsbury doesn't know how to close a game. That's a good point. I think there will be something dumb in the fourth quarter, and I'm going like a awkward number, like uh, 22-18. Just a nonsense one. 22-18 who? Bengals. Bengals. I think okay. it will be a ridiculous – like something where you're like, How, what the heck happened in this game? And like, yeah. I think some stupid decision <laughs> I get, will happen. I can see that where it's like, eight to six final. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> see, Matt, you should have hedged that a little bit, and you should have said it's a 21 to 18 win for the Bengals because then you still get your pick correct because it's a three-and-a-half point line. I don't know that other guy. So I don't you- know <laughs> Different guy, different show. Yeah, yeah. He's Matthew. (laughs) I don't have any faith anymore. I feel like I'm just going to go into into tank mode at this point where I'm just like, no, they're going to lose every game. Screw it. So that way I'm at least pleasantly surprised when they do pull one out. Uh, But I I feel like this this has all the makings of, like, the Kyler Murray breakout show where – all of a sudden, people are like, this is why he was the number one pick. Did you see what he did against Cincinnati? And they're like, yeah, but it's Cincinnati. And Arizona fans will be like, we don't care. He just threw for 800 yards and ran for 200 more. And then we have to deal with being the highlight reel for Kyler Murray for the rest of his career. Like, that's the game. Like the this Brad is Favre the game. game? Yes. <laughs> yes. In 92, <laughs> you just see him throwing the pass in the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so tired of my team this'll, being this'll be his the coming, highlight reel. The coming out party. <laughs> this is the Kyler Murray we saw at Oklahoma. Exactly. <laughs> it's, he's going to get to do the interview afterwards where he's like, this is why I left baseball. I can't, I, this is why I did it. And I then, knew I'd be in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> My life. Shout out to the A's this week, but uh, <laughs> this is why I made my choice right here. Uh, yeah, I don't feel good about it all. I I think it's one of those, especially we talked about it, there's so much pressure at home. The fans are going to be ravenous. That's be well, sure. unleashing the boo birds as soon as something doesn't go right on the first series, and who knows how that affects their mental game. Question over under on uh, Jake Plummer jerseys in the crowd this weekend. Mm, well, what's the line? What are you putting it at? You uh, can't just say over under. Uh, I'm asking nothing. you, well, what's the line? <laughs> like, I, don't I would say one and a half. Um, oh, there'll be four. Mm, going four. You're going four? So you're taking the over. Uh, uh, I think every cutaway after uh, after Arizona does something good, it'll be Jake Plummer jerseys. So however many cutaways that is. <laughs> That's how many Jake Plummer jerseys you're going to see. But, but, I mean, it could just be the one guy. They're just going to keep showing. Uh, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> you're no. only going to see Jake Plummer jerseys. I'm going Larry I'm Centers. So, somebody's going somebody's to skew this and be like, is that, a, is that a Jake Plummer Broncos jersey? Oh, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, we don't have any faith in this team this week, which maybe that will bode well for him. Who knows? Uh I mean, I still think like they're pretty evenly matched squads. 
I, you know, mm. I got a touchdown victory, but it just it's like this is a winnable game for them. I still maintain that that they they could and should win this. It just just like last week. I was gonna say <laughs> last week. Last week just felt like such a slap to the face. Where it was like, no, this is why you don't have faith. I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah, exactly. My bad. Exactly. And all Bengals fans feel the same way. Let's talk a little Reds baseball now that that's over. Um, painfully putting a, a bullet to the brain of that season, <laughs> taking them out back and shutting them down. Joe, let's hear that call. Or not. And this one did belong to the Reds. Closed out the season with a W over the Pirates. Uh, actually won the series as well against the Pirates. So congrats, I guess. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, finally we've reached the end of the season. Um, we're getting into the – now it's time to start talking off-season baseball. And I love talking off-season baseball, especially when it comes to the Reds, because last year they did make all of the news in the off-season. Like they were the team everybody talked about, mm-hmm. making the crazy moves, getting Puig in, getting Kemp in, getting rid of Homer Bailey. What's the team do from here? They're slightly below 500 to end the season. A lot of one-loss games. They've got a decent rotation going into next year. Do you think they make crazy moves to try to make a push, or do you think it's time to fire sale and go full rebuild? I would do that again because I thought they did the wise decision last year where they do all the moves, but then kind of hedge your bet. Where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. tread deadline, let's bounce. Yeah, I would do that again, except for you hope more for that eighty-nine to ninety win progression because what what they had nine games this season nine more wins yeah something like that yeah and that ballpark if you do that again that's wild card territory right as long as there's not garbage teams like where win totals are really high i would do that again i just i I just think it's it's all about the the start i mean they just came out so one one in ten to start (laughs) yeah i mean they they struggled so badly out of the gate had they played just 500 baseball, they would have been in contention for that at the end of the season for that second wild card spot. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not talking about like monumental changes. I just think, I, I don't know, what's the ultimate game plan? Because they blew it up and said, all right, well, we're just going to try throwing all these guys in here and seeing how things work. But you got to have more of a strategy. Like, okay, so the rotation is kind of set. They've got the, the rotation that looks, you know, on paper, you're like, all right, that's a very formidable rotation. It's at least one of the top yeah 10 in the national league which is you know good enough it's it's kind of figuring out the offense though because if joey vado is just going to sit there and get you <laughs> oh, if like if, if vado's going to have the, the last two seasons that he's had then i mean you're dead in the water we talked about it last yeah. week it's suarez and dudes yeah and you yeah. cannot win if but you just got crazy one offensive that. piece what's crazy about that is going into this season everybody was like oh this reds rotation I don't know. They look suspect at best. But that but lineup, man, be fun, that lineup, right? they're going to be balling out. Oh, and then man. it's like, what happened to this lineup? Nobody performed. So is that – I think that could be the worst thing that could happen to the Reds is the management and the upper management looks at it and goes, well, if they just are the guys that they're supposed to be, we'll be in good shape. Uh, and then they have another season just like they had where you're just below 500, miring in mediocrity, and you're wasting – time with a decent rotation yeah i'd go it reminds me of uh remember when they were trying to austin kearns for like the longest uh, time yeah. like that they were really trying to, yeah. trying to yeah. trying to austin like, kearns oh. isn't gonna happen stop, stop trying, trying to, to make <laughs> austin kearns happen yeah no and i feel like they've Thanks had that girls reference right work. With, with that's how their outfield <laughs> is <Edge. laughs> That's that's how their outfit has been the last couple of years, where it's like, all right, well, we're gonna force these few dudes because they had good second half stats, or they had this thing going for them, you know. The, and then they like, all right, Duvall, you're out, but we've got this other guy, and it's like he's very similar to Duvall. Uh, well, okay, we're gonna try him for a long. Like, settle. I mean, settle on some guys, but make sure they're not just one trick ponies. Like, it just. That, I felt like that's what they've done with some of their positions where it's like, all right, well, this guy is really good at this, but he sucks at every other thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy so Hamilton's fast. We're going to start right. him. Right. You know, uh, no, Duvall can hit a bunch of home runs, but he can't hit for average. He sucks at defense. Like, I'm, I'm such a Cincinnati fan because I go like, oh, I like those guys. I like, know, oh, right? They're not right? good enough. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a team full of one-tool guys. <laughs> it's the Cincinnati fan curse. We fall in love with yeah. the player, and then we're so disappointed when they leave. Like – 
when Puig got traded, Puig was only here for a half a season, but I was like, this dude needs to go in the Hall of Fame. He is a Reds <laughs> Hall I of love Fame. You, Puig. <laughs> there no. were when Puig sent out his post uh, earlier what this weekend about thank you Cleveland, you guys were awesome, basically saying he's not coming back. Yeah. Every single comment in that was Come back to your home, Cincinnati. (laughs) We love you. Come back home to Cincinnati. Dude, everybody would lose their mind if Puig signed with the Reds this offseason. Lose their mind. Weird, because he was just average. I mean, he's second on the team in home runs. Still. Still. (laughs) He's he's better than everybody else in the lineup. Cleveland Indian is your second leading home run hander. But then when you look at the outfield, like the what's where I think the Reds are really struggling and, and why I don't think you're going to see any crazy moves is you have so many young guys in the outfield that they are really banking on. You've got Winker. You've got Van Meter. You've got Senzel. You've got Shebler, who's still out there. Shebler is maybe the piece that well, they try to move. Okay. But you still have Philip Irvin. You still have Aquino. Like, who do you get rid of? Because the Reds are like, these are our young core. Okay, here's, here's who do you get my, rid of? my confusion with one of those names in there. Senzel was drafted as a third baseman. He played most of the minor leagues at third base, and then there was the talk, all right, well, you know, we, we've got to move him to second. All of a sudden, he ends up in center, and he's just done okay, but I think part of his problem has been that they've just been moving around too much, and he can't find a home, so he can't focus on hitting, which is what he was drafted to be. Yeah. Like, that was his strong thing as a third baseman, and he was a really good hitter. But he's kind of lost his way because they're moving around so much that he's just become, well, this average guy, you know, a whatever guy. He's he's a replacement level guy. Like, figure out what you're going to do with these guys, but make sure that you, like, lock in on it. Don't keep moving guys around and trying all that. And that's fair. I think Senzel is, like, they're saying this is your home in the outfield, but it's a very crowded outfield with these young guys. So I guess my point is— That's why I don't understand why they decided his home was going to be the outfield. I I understand why Because it wasn't going to be third base. You're not going to— Well, and that's fine. Suarez moved off. But then they were like, well, you're blocked by Scooter Jeanette, which was always, to me, another one of those moves where it was just like, you guys guys, guys (laughs) fell in love with Scooter Jeanette. Why? Like he should have been one season. That's all right, it takes. Exactly. He should have so, been at second base. It wasn't even a season. It was one game. No, where he hit was, four home runs or whatever in that, that one game. game. <laughs> it was a great game. It was a great game. Yeah, Joe. he hit like four home runs, and then everybody's like, "Scooter just the greatest baseball player ever." <laughs> Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Well, maybe it's the macro decision. When you keep going, why do you put people in these positions? It's like, well, maybe you should have the people making the like bringing up the ideas, like replacing right. that because. I mean, we poked fun about the Rays. We're like, ah, the Rays, whatever. But their playoff team, it's because of the macro idea, not the players. It's the people selecting the players. And right. that's one thing Cincinnati never thinks about ever <laughs> in anything. Oh, I was going to say no sport. <laughs> no sport looks that far ahead. They're just like, this guy, this one guy, we're going to focus right here. I was here. just going to say, they do just draft guys <laughs> with no plan. They're like, he can play baseball. We'll figure out where to put in him later. In the 2000s, they thought a right fielder, <laughs> they got nine of them, was going to get you a title. Like, oh, Adam Dunn, Austin Kearns, bring him in. Jay Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> How do we get to 500 this year? <laughs> we, we just need a guy who has OF next to his name. We'll put him at one of the spots. Doesn't matter which. They're interchangeable. This is fantasy baseball, right? He just needs to slot into the outfield. Michael Lorenzen's a decent pitcher. Put that OF on him. <laughs> He's got dual eligibility, man. There's so much versatility. <laughs> Uh, I'm laughing, but I'm so sad inside. <laughs> it's, it's so disappointing because I don't know what, like, I don't know where they go from here. So this offseason is going to be something to see because this is where this is where you have to make your decision. Do you go full rebuild, sell off what you got and start from scratch? Or do you try to get rid of some of these young guys and get some big names in there, some big pieces? And I just don't know. I don't know which direction to even take this. Because I, I don't feel like that's the right path because you're a barely 500, not even a 500 team this year. Is that going to be what puts you over the hump and competing with the Dodgers in the NL? No. Like you, 
Well, yeah, but again, it's not about competing with the Dodgers. This is about it's the all division. about competing with the Dodgers. <laughs> no, it's just about the division. It's like, the 1970s. Like we're sitting, we're sitting Steve here. Steve Garvey, we need to stop him. <laughs> we're sitting here talking about that. What they need to do to be, you know, in the second wild card discussion. So you're not worried about the no. But Dodgers. that's the thing. If you're gonna make this move, like if you're gonna make the move, if you're gonna sacrifice a rebuild, and you're gonna say. We're gonna bring in people. You better be going for the oh, World Series. Well, like, yeah, you, yeah. If you're gonna you're do not, that, for if you're sure. gonna sacrifice to be like, hopefully we get the second wild card, then get the hell out. Like that's crazy to me. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be the. the but you know what though? That's that's the way that uh, <laughs> it's the unintended qu- consequence of expanding the playoffs was that there are teams who are like. Hey man, we can call ourselves a playoff team. All we got to do is be that second wild card team. Right. <laughs> like and that's what some of these teams are shooting for. They're like, "Hey, just got to get there. Give me a shot. Just yeah. give me a shot. And anything can happen. But in reality, it's like, no, not anything can the happen. race to 87. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. It is. It's like there's so many teams. It's like why we see now at the trade deadline where there's all these teams that are like, eh, I don't know, we're going to hold. Like There used to be so many more that knew at the trade-in deadline, you got to get out because there's no point. You can't do it. Now they're like, well, we could go on a run. <laughs> and then they get 86 wins. The Giants did that this year. They're like, ah, oh, maybe because they won. They had a like 11 out of 13 stretch. And yeah. They that that oh. was hilarious for the Giants where it was like, yeah, they're going to be clear sellers. Bumgarner's gone. they got to get rid of all these guys. Then they got hot just before the trading down. I was like, ah, crap, what do we do? <laughs> We're in no man's land. Um, all right, well, we'll see what the Reds do. That's it, it, Like I said, off-season baseball is some of my favorite baseball because all that hot stove talk is just the greatest. And this is where hey, well, we really I, see. I feel like it used to be. Now it's just... Hey, uh, it's March and nobody signed yet. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> anybody going to sign? Anybody, anybody going to do anything? <laughs> yeah. No? Okay, cool. Anybody Halfway wanna, through the season, guys are getting signed. This year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spring <laughs> training's almost like. over. Our two biggest name free agents in the sport are still left available. Working out in Key West. Just like, ugh, I got this. <laughs> and they do, except they don't. Neither one of those two big names no, they did anything. <laughs> <laughs> did not not end well for those franchises. So maybe the Reds are better okay off with not that. getting into yeah, that. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Um, let's talk a little. Can we talk a little FC Cincinnati before we get into this UC football? Sure. It, it'll be brief, I promise. Uh, not much. <laughs> not much. <laughs> I was not promised soccer talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much really to say about FC Cincinnati as we close out the season. The nice thing in my book is that uh, the FC Cincinnati team did keep Orlando out of the playoffs with that 1-1 one, one draw. <laughs> So I love that. Uh, shout out Scout Team Radio. <laughs> you guys couldn't get in. After the 5 nothing drubbing that they put on FC Cincinnati earlier in the season, it comes out to a 1-1 tie, which I also got really pissed off about because I don't know if you watched the game. FC Cincinnati had a one nothing lead through most of that, and then Orlando scores in the first minute of stoppage time at the end of the game to that's, tie it up. That's the it's worst. Like, of course they do. Of course. And then I was just waiting for him. I was like, they're going to bury another one. Here we go. It's over. They're going to take this win and, and uh, really screw up my offseason. But what I wanted to mention was you got FC Cincinnati, who losing club, obviously inaugural season. They get some slack cut for him. Reds, losing club. Uh, who knows which direction they go. Bengals, going to be a losing club. Uh, all with first-year head coaches. And the difference in fans and like how people treat these franchises is crazy to me. To be fair, FC's had first-year head coaches multiple times this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Their second first-year head coach. <laughs> They're on their fourth first-year head coach. Third. It's the third. Oh, sorry. I lost track. I mean, I guess the, it was... They didn't uh, have an interim? It, well, they, it was Allen's uh, first year in the MLS, and then the interim's coach first year in the MLS, right. and now uh, Jan's first year. So, okay. Three... First year <laughs> coaches in the MLS. That's got to uh, be like an MLS record, doesn't it? No, <laughs> is, is Cincinnati also the first major city to have three teams with a first year head coach? Like, that's got to be. That'd be something that you'd have to Google, but I can't imagine it's happened too many times. Because there's, the, there's not that many cities that have three professional teams. Like, if you think about cities that have Yo, three professional yeah. teams, there's not that many to put in there. Well, there's more that have four than, than have three. 
if you're thinking about it. Sure, but terms. even that, I'd, I'd say three or four. You don't have that many cities. Right, yeah, there's, there's never going like to be that It's like big many. markets and, like, Cleveland. <laughs> that, that'd oh, be yeah, one yeah. of those things that'd be tough to research. You'd have to look at a lot of Joe? different things. <laughs> I don't. I'm going to go out and say it is the first time that any city has had three first-time head coaches uh, in their professional sports. Well, technically, they had five. So <laughs> let's not short. We're just talking about one franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as we look forward to next year with FC Cincinnati, I feel like this is another team that you just got to gut it and go like get rid of some of these contracts. Adi needs to go. But they're an ex- they're an expansion team. So I mean, you know, I, no, I, I know, but it, no, like, but I'm now just saying, you, like I honestly don't know you, what anybody really expected. You build a team based on one coach who is three coaches removed. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to start fresh, right? You got to get all new guys in there so, to meet uh, expansion. To, take two. <laughs> That's essentially what we can look forward to next year. UC football time. I want to get into this UCF game. We've been talking about this game for three weeks on this show. We started the first uh, the first episode. The first episode, we were like, UCF coming to town. Here it goes. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Joe. Hit that drop for us. Get us into this UC talk. Matt, you're an NKU guy. Do you uh, do you hate that chant as much as we Xavier fans do? No, I oh, okay. <laughs> I would go to UC. I went to one uh, football and basketball game from like when I was eight until through high school. My dad would take me. I'd, oh, nice. That's my team. Mm. My team. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see what do you, what do you want him to root for the Xavier football team? Mm, that's a good point. The fair, one I lost fair, fair. Sure. Uh, <laughs> undefeated, baby. <laughs> Well, this week, uh, and, and we've talked enough about the game, but what I want to talk about is UC's social media team coming out this week, putting out a tweet that set the world on fire, where they were like, thank you to everybody who pitched in and gave us ideas. Here's our rendering for the field against UCF. See you Friday night. Nip at night. And it was, <laughs> which, first of all, great hashtag. I was going to say nip, nip at night. Nip at night, <laughs> nip at night is, is a solid. fantastic hashtag. But it was an all-black field. Uh, one end zone was red that had the Cincinnati logo in it. One end zone was, was white that said Bearcats. Uh, there was, like, red on the sidelines. It looked fire. And I know you I was not were not a fan. <laughs> it, was just, it was too much. You had thoughts. As a matter of fact, you put out on Twitter, I have thoughts. Tune into Cincinnati style. Yeah, because, well, I mean, I just, I didn't like the idea that they were painting the entire field. I'm all about the blue turf, the red turf or whatever, but painting an entire field and having all these, you know, the skyline here, the eyes, like, it was just too busy, and I don't know, I, just, I didn't like it how it looked. I, I went OWG with it, I won't lie. I just was like, <laughs> you did. You give, really? me, give me my hash lines <laughs> and green turf. <laughs> what do you feel about basketball courts that have that? Like, I don't like that. Say, you don't, oh, I Okay, so what's what's funny though is one of one of my favorite courts in the NBA that no longer exists was the old Houston Rockets was super busy the '94 Rockets where it had the rocket blasting off from the center (laughs) court and it was like the entire court and it looked ridiculous but I like that court but for the most part I'm not a big you know super design on the court fan I just I don't like it busy I just didn't Joel Olstein keep that rocket (laughs) (laughs) super church blast off to Jesus. <laughs> I think he did. I, he kept he kept poor people out of it, that's for sure. <laughs> it's my rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he has it, nobody's allowed in it but him, especially in emergency situations. Hurricane's coming, close the doors. <laughs> <laughs> we out! But yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't like how busy it looks, and it just it seems kind of gimmicky, and I don't know. I just, and I I'm love not a huge fan. gimmicky. I'm such a fan of gimmicky, like, okay, especially so when it comes to a the thing, Friday though. night college if, football game. Give me all the gimmicks. If the turf was black all the time, like if that was the color of the turf and it wasn't just painted for a once-off thing, I'd be like, yeah, I'm all in for this. But it looks weird with the green surrounding it and then just this black field. It just It looks odd. Well... Luckily for you, yes, and unfortunately for everybody on Twitter who got really <laughs> excited, it was all just a joke. Uh, UC's social media team just put it out as like a fun thing to do. Uh, it worked. Did somebody tell them April Fool's Day was months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the 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 field doesn't even meet NCAA stand. Like it says that 
things have to be like four inches wide and white and blah blah blah. <laughs> white is the key thing there for the NCAA. <laughs> oh, this field's too black. You gotta change this field. <laughs> we don't like black. <laughs> What? We're touching on some things right now. <laughs> it's getting, it's right getting, this, this, we got Joel Osteen. We're going after everybody. This is a very, this is a craft root sports Cincinnati style that might not see the light of day. <laughs> might be Howard Stern style. That's what we're doing over here. Welcome to craft root sports Cincinnati style after dark. Here we go. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, it is fake, but I loved. There was a dude on Twitter who uh, his first comment on the tweet was. Boy, it's gonna be hot. I'm gonna pray for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his big takeaway, uh, and we had to chime in from our Twitter account to say, "Hey, man. Uh, first of all, it's a high of 70 and a low of 47. I think they'll be good." And he's like, "Field turf can be 70 degrees hotter than the air. <laughs> it's gonna be hot, especially with being black." And it's like, "Dude, it's a night game. What are you? What the hell are you talking 70. about?" That's that, I don't know where you got I that ran, number I from. I ran on hot tracks. When, you know, I'm a bit of an athlete. Uh, <laughs> Seventy, I think, matched a little, little off on this it one. Seemed a, it seemed a little excessive, uh, but it doesn't matter anyways. It's going to be the regular field. Maybe they'll wear black jerseys. I guess I would imagine that they uh, would. It's got to be. It's going to be like well, nip at night. Yeah, it's going to be blackout. A blackout. Yeah. yeah, everybody wear black. Um, that sounds like a secret alcoholic. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, I brush my teeth again. <laughs> that's that's nip in the morning. That's nip, it, nip in the afternoon. Nip at any time. <laughs> well, you got hooch hiding in the kitchen, right? It's nip at any time. <laughs> Uh, well, final predictions on this game. UCF coming in number eighteen in the country. This is our scout team radio bet. I'm I'm throwing it out there. I'm going to bet against them for this one. They want me to drink like what's orange the, Boone's what, what's Farm. What's the spread in this game? Uh, UCF has got to be favored by. Because I, I almost I almost was going to put this for the de- four. That's it. I thought it was UCF four. Yeah, I was gonna, really? I almost put this on the dartboard of doom, but then I didn't know what the spread was, and so oh, I was yeah, four four wow. point spread. That's surprising. I'm degenerate. I know you are. Right. I like it. I like it, man. You, you know what? Right I, in. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to UC on this one. Like you got the upset coming. Yeah, even covering the spread. Oh, man, I'm say covering the spread. The spread? I, I want them to, but I think Pitt woke them up. I don't. That's think. what I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm worried that 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 Pitt game shook UCF quite a bit. Although maybe it's the other way where they're like, well, we can't get in the playoffs now, so screw it. They There's no chance at the playoffs. Maybe all the te- the whole team should redshirt and just wait for next year. Not a bad <laughs> idea. Although Brandon Wimbush is on the team and can't redshirt, but everybody else Everybody can. else. <laughs> well, this is a wash. We're done. We'll see you next year. All right. Well, good luck for the rest of the way, freshmen. We'll, we'll come back in and get our starting jobs back next year. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. I'd be on board with that if a whole teams did it. Where it's like, well, we lost earlier than we expected, like Michigan when they lost to Appalachian State. All right, well, we're all red shirting. This year's a wash. <laughs> See you next year. Uh, man, now I kind of want UCF to do that. I want them all to. I, I know, want I'm totally on board for that. You mean tomorrow? Yeah, so. like right <laughs> overnight tonight. Like they're like, we're not getting on this plane. Well, We've first, all red shirted right first now. First, let us go lock in the four points, and then let <laughs> them better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go place all the bets. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. We'll we'll see how it turns out. I, 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 I feel, feel better about it being just a four point spread. I would have I'm thought surprised that was by that more line. That's that. a yeah. shocking line for me. Uh, I, I think that pit game influenced that line. Probably, like, uh, probably. Like had they, if UCF was coming in undefeated, I feel like it would be more. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so the, there was the pit game, but then UCF bounced back and beat Connecticut. <laughs> 56-21, and that's that uh, manufactured uh, rivalry that they created between UCF and Connecticut, the the conflict trophy. Uh, what? Where, oh, yeah. okay. I haven't heard of this one. Uh, yeah, they, they made it up. It's like a, a BS thing. There's like a trophy, and it's conflict, and the C-O-N is capitalized, and then the F-L is capitalized oh, for Connecticut wow. and Florida. It's terrible. I've heard of some made-up rivalries before, but it's Eesh. super. I think it actually might be the F-L and then the C-T that are are capital anyway it's stupid it doesn't matter what's capitalized because it's a dumb rivalry and nobody believes it's a real thing but ucf leads the the series in that one leads the series <laughs> one to zero <laughs> uh but i i'm looking forward to uh making scout team radio we got to come up with a bet make them do something stupid if uc wins this game deal if they do what now if uc wins this game 
Scout Team Radio's got to do something stupid. We just got to figure out what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with that. We got to figure that out really quick. All right. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, this has been a really fun show. Uh, and Matt is, uh, for those of you that, that may have missed the uh, the regular show this week, Matt is going to be performing Saturday shame night. Shame on you if you did. Go back and listen to <laughs> oh, that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was there most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt's going to be performing Saturday night at Task Reporium here in Cincinnati. Uh, $10 tickets. You and a whole bunch of funny people that are yeah, going to be on the line. Yeah, it's a great show. And if you buy $10, tickets you get a uh, like a wristband type thing and you get two dollars off every beer for the rest of the night so. taps, has some, <laughs> taps has some good brews to get that gavel that, banger all I night long i was gonna say it's like it's two dollars off any beer that any beer don't restrict it oh that's good five gavel. beers free shout <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> well matt thanks for hanging out man it was a good time oh, having you on the show me, man. uh thank you for picking me up after that terrible game against Pittsburgh. I needed this. I needed it's the laughter. The worst. Because if you weren't here, it was just going to be me pouting and Scott being like, yeah, they're terrible. It's it's not going to be good for you the rest of the year. So thank you. Thank you for making me smile. You're uh, welcome. Anything you want to promo? How can people get in contact with you? Find out when they're when uh, you're coming to their town? Well, my website, uh, mattsandcomedy.com. I just booked a show in Chicago in December. I'm in San Diego. So just go to mattsandcomedy.com. Find out. Nice. Uh, and seriously, go check out Matt every chance you get. Anytime he's in Cincinnati, uh, f- come out to a show because it's hilarious. Uh, keep Thanks up for with joining us, us man. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It's time. Thumbs uh, up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can keep up with us in between shows. You can follow the show at Craft Sports. Follow me at Mike Burlon. Follow Joe at Joe Goalie 4. Follow Scott at Scotty K underscore Jr. If you guys got any hot takes to deliver, hit up the drunk line, 440-37-DRUNK. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text. Whatever. We got you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. Peace. We out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.